Unity of Farmington Hills, a powerful path for spiritual living. nice to see you today. And especially if you are a visitor, we are so glad you are with us today. We hope you feel God's love in this church the way we feel it. Please take a welcome packet when you leave the sanctuary after the service. Everyone is invited to fellowship gathering after service today downstairs in the social hall. We are still serving coffee. The next Critical Conversations Zoom meeting is tomorrow evening at 7 p.m., and as always, everyone is welcome to join us. Our next Yard Beautification Day 
is Saturday, June 4th from 12 to 4. So please bring all your yard implements that you feel you need to help us beautify this yard. On Saturday, June 11th, we are having our 25th anniversary bash. Woohoo! It'll be from 2 to 5 p.m. in our church backyard. There will be live music, food, drinks, games, and more. So please come celebrate with us and feel free to invite others. On Sunday, June 12th, the day after, we will continue the celebration with an all-music Sunday. Join us to enjoy the uplifting, inspirational music of our church band. The women's group, the men's group, critical conversations, and the Monday house party, and the trivia night and movie nights will all be canceled for June, July, and August, but we will resume them in September. <clears throat> but there is still plenty of going on this summer, so if please stay abreast with what's going on in our church. Go to our website, unityfh.com, check out the Facebook page, and read through our weekly newsletter, newsletter, which is emailed out every Friday. To receive a monthly prayer call from our prayer chaplains, please sign up on the table outside the sanctuary or email prayerchaplains at unityfh.com. Prayer requests may also be placed in the prayer box on the counter across from the sanctuary, or you can call our new prayer request line at 248-702-0010. And now, as our music team sings Surely the Presence, let us prepare our hearts and minds for the daily word and our opening prayer. Welcome to those of you who uh, uh, are joining us online, those uh, who are new, and, and also those of you who are joining us here who are new, and those of you who are visiting, thank you for being here today. Uh, we have a celebrity in the house. Lauren's mama is in the house. <laughs> Gave me a perfect opportunity to brag on him. <laughs> so if, you, if, you, if the rest of you want your mamas to come, if they can, have them come. <laughs> I can brag on you, the rest of you too. <laughs> so let's go ahead and move into the daily word segment. For Sunday, May 22nd, 2022, 
is forgive. And today we affirm, I begin my journey of forgiveness. Let me, let's affirm that together. I begin my journey of forgiveness. And our message reads, unforgiveness is a heavy bag of rocks I carry on my shoulders. When I drop the bag and begin to set the rocks aside one by one, I embark upon a healing journey. God is with and within me on this journey as my constant support and strength. When forgiveness feels difficult, I need only return my attention to Spirit's constant loving and accepting presence within me. Reestablishing my conscious connection brings warm and welcoming acceptance. It is an important step in the unburdening process of forgiveness. I forgive others as well as myself, knowing each act of forgiveness increases my freedom to live a happy and fulfilling life. Our Bible verse for today is from Colossians 3, verse 13. Bear with one another, and if anyone has a complaint against another, forgive each other. For just as the Lord has forgiven you, so you also must forgive. Let us pray. So I invite you to gently close your eyes with me. Taking a deep breath. Let your attention flow down into the center of your chest. Right behind your heart. You're, you're in, just set the intention. Your consciousness work knows where to go. And take another deep breath. And let yourself center there, feeling a state of peace and love and stillness, quieting down your mind from everything in the hustle and bustle of the day. That we may acknowledge God fully, consciously and intentionally. Mother, Father, everything God. As we open our minds and our hearts to pray, we also tune into the consciousness of our spirit, knowing that that spiritual expression is you. Moving into a state of gratitude for this day, knowing that this is the day that you have made for us to enjoy and we will be glad and rejoice in it. We allow the human consciousness to be Cree, that the spirit may open up with a beginner's mind, receiving, understanding, and being the expression of your message today. And with that in mind, we just sit just for a little bit in your peace and in your love letting ourselves open up even more. And so I invite you to take another deep, deep breath. Breathe in a feeling of love. And as you slowly exhale, let your mind release and let go and let God open you up as we just sit just for a little bit 
and peace. And now as we bring ourselves back, preparing for the rest of the service, we thank you, God, for your mighty gift of love that loves no matter what. In the mighty name and nature of the indwelling Christ, we pray. And we thank you, God. We thank you, God. We thank you, God, for hearing and answering. And so it is. Amen. You always kind of, I try not to go to sleep. Would you play? <laughs> Would you play, Nicholas? <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Let us affirm our statement of being together. God is all, both invisible and visible. One presence, one mind, one power is all. This one that is all is perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. I am an individualized expression of God. I am ever one with this perfect life, perfect love, and perfect substance. And let us go ahead and affirm our U of H growth affirmation together as if we know it's working with some gusto. Together, we give thanks for our expansive congregation that fills our halls, sanctuary, and classrooms with seekers of unity truth fills our hearts with love and joy, and provides us with all of the necessary resources to co-create a loving and compassionate spirit-filled world. Thank you. Everybody needs a strong But life hits you out of nowhere And barely leaves you holding on And when you're tired of fighting Chained by your control There's freedom in surrender Lay it down and let it go So when you're on your knees And answers seem so It's falling into 
have the sweetest, the baddest music team in unity. Some sweet business, right? <laughs> Woo-wee. I uh, was able to hold back my tears for that. <laughs> Usually when you sing that song, I'm boo-hooing. <laughs> but I, it's not over. I'm probably going to boo-hoo today. <laughs> so I'm just letting you know ahead of time. If something may come up because I'm feeling really full today and something may, you know, I may, I may go into some tears. You guys know me, so. <laughs> some tissue up here. I might, I might need some tissue. So anyway, thank you, uh, Laurel. Is there any? <laughs> Asking it shall be, you shall receive abundance. <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, <clears throat> Yesterday, we had a memorial service for Bob Finnegan here, and it was so beautiful. And there was a dub release, and Jeannie's here, his wife, and it was really beautiful. And when you have those type of experiences in life, it really makes you hold on to uh, life, you know. So, um, I, I, well, I guess I'll tell my joke before I go into it. 
So I, I was here, I heard this story about this guy, this guy who was talking about the Titanic. And you guys heard me tell it, tell it again, but I couldn't think of another one, so I'm telling this one. And he was just telling everybody, the Titanic's going to sink. He's just telling everybody, trying to get everybody's attention. Don't you know the Titanic's going to sink? And so he's, you know, uh, walking down the aisle, telling everybody the Titanic's going to sink, everybody he sees. And so they finally get fed up and throw him out of the theater. <laughs> I was like, wait for it, wait for it. <laughs> I know some people who talk through movies too, and I want to, you know, kick them out as well. <laughs> Are you yelling for your mama? <laughs> so anyway, as I was saying, uh, I was feeling really full yesterday, and then it was interesting because we had a dub release here a dove release ceremony here, and it was really beautiful to be able to release the doves, and we were releasing the doves as if we were acknowledging Robert's, uh, Bob Spirit, who, um, for those of you, Bob Finnegan, uh, like I said, his, um, Robert Anthony uh, Finnegan, we were uh, honoring his spirit. And as I was, uh, they, <laughs> I didn't know Jeannie was going to ask me to hold one of the doves. <laughs> I, I had to get into my Holy Spirit. <laughs> Because I wanted to release with them. <laughs> but oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> the, the, the dove's wing was coming up. I'm like, don't break the wing, don't break the wing. <laughs> and the guy came over and, you know, did it nicely. I'm like, thank you. Woo. But when we released it, the doves flew by several times. And the beautiful thing about it is that he has trained. There's seven doves, and each one of them have their own personality. They have a little marking on their little legs. And he said, I, I forgot his name. He said that he knows every single personality of each one of those doves. And he has trained those doves that wherever they are, wherever he releases them, that they will end up back home in Novi. And so they flew one way to the left, and they flew to the other way. Like, first they disappeared. We're like, oh, man, we didn't get to see them because they flew over where you couldn't see them over the church. But then there was a hawk flying by, so they came flying back. <laughs> and then there was another hawk coming the other way, and they flew the other way. But they all, all of them were in sync. All seven of them, of them were in sync, and then they ended up going ahead and flying home. And that is so beautiful. And, and I'm touched deeply, too, because I was the one that referred the, um, the, um, the gentleman to Jeannie because when my aunt, when we did my aunt's ceremony, um, memorial ceremony here, we did that, and it was such a beautiful experience. And then we did it for my grandmother. And we do, that's what we do when we have uh, memorials in our family is we release the doves, releasing the spirit, knowing that it, will it may be where we don't experience this person physically anymore, but the spirit is always there. The spirit is always there. And then, you know, I'm telling you I'm really full. Thursday's my mother's birthday. And like I told you on Mother's Day, it can be interesting for me because, you know, Mother's Day reminds me of my mother, and we all circled around her, and she's not here. And then um, birthday, her birthday's in May. That reminds me of her, and she's not here. And then Memorial Day, we used to always have a cookout at my mama's house, so, you know, she's not here. But my daddy, I love, I love, I love that the most important way to honor your the person who is transitioned is to do something in honor of them to remember them. So when she passed, what we started doing for Memorial Day is having the Saturday before Memorial Day something out at Kensington Park. She passed in 2005, 
and we're still doing that. And he's remarried, and they come, she still comes, she comes with my stepmom, comes out there too, honoring. So that's how it is when you're rooted in spirit. This month we started, last week we started a discussion, a study on the spiritual faculty of power because in unity, May represents the spiritual faculty of power. And the 12 spiritual faculties represent these spiritual forces, these spiritual abilities, these spiritual aspects of consciousness that we all have, that when we strengthen them, it opens us up into being a higher expression of the God in us. And so power represents our ability to have dominion over our life, to have self-mastery, and also to have control over our world. So dominion, mastery and control over your world. And last week we talked about dominion. We talked about having the ability and the, and the accountability and the responsibility over our own mind. And that we can take charge of our mind. We can take our life back by taking your mind back. That the things that you are taught from your family or from people who you grew up with or even those things that from peer pressure that guide us into trying to be acceptable in other people's eyes keep us from having the authority over our own mind and being acceptable in our own eyes. And so today we're going to move into taking that a step further. Having authority, responsibility, and accountability over our own mind means that it's, it's our, it, is, it is beholding to us to step into mastering ourselves as well. So having dominion, having mastery, and having control over the world, over your world, does not mean that the world outside of you. It means the world inside of you, in your mind. The greatest, most powerful part of you is the Christ in you. Do you have a deep relationship with that, that part of yourself? Like, for real, for real. Like, do you take control over your own mind all the time? That everything you say, do, feel, and even the things you believe are rooted in the greatest part of you, the Christ. Like, every time you ask, every time you wake up in the morning, you set out your day, your day isn't set out according to your will and according to things that you think you're supposed to do, that even if you have to go to work or have to do things that are responsibilities in your day, that you start off with the consciousness of taking accountability of your mind and asking to be taught throughout the day, that you may master some other part of yourself. There's a saying that you learn something new every day. But do you learn something new about you every day? Most of the time, we learn something new about our life outside of us every day. But are we focused, like truly focused, like really, really deeply, intentionally, consciously focused on mastering our inner world, on expanding ourselves back past the comfort zone, the parts that we are familiar with, like looking at those parts of ourselves that we're familiar with and asking, are they comfortable? Are they healthy? Or are they dysfunctional? Like looking at those places, that those habits, those things that we've learned. I, am I a nibbler and I nibble when I'm, on, when I'm you know, people uh, just might nibble just to pass time? Or am I turning on the TV to, I know someone who turns on the TV when he wakes up in the morning and just to have that background noise. Do you need that background noise? 
Like move, um, when you go to work every day, you're absentmindedly worrying about everything that's going to happen in a day to where you're not even focused on your driving. And because we have muscle memory and you've driven there every single day or driven home every single day, your mind's not really focused on the driving. That's okay. You get where you're supposed to be. Like you even know to stop at a stop sign and you, or, the, or the, a red light, but you still get home and realize, how did I get home? I'm home already? Because your mind was so busy wandering on other things that you weren't even present with your own ride home with yourself. I don't mean your personality talking and jabbering all over the place. The Christ in you that is quietly talking to you. The greatest, most powerful part of you that was breathed into you to be a spark of the joy of heaven, and, uh, heaven on earth inside of your mind and in this world. And so we are going to talk today about your authentic power, which is your spiritual power, but we're going to go into self-mastery part of it. And there's a big piece that we're going to work on with this self-mastery piece, and it is forgiveness. I, I wasn't sure what, where God was going to guide me today, but it's forgiveness. And the scriptures that I'm going to use, I'm going to read them, and then we'll see how God works with these, because uh, sometimes I get nothing until I really get up here, and that's when it opens up real time. And that's fine, because I love that God strengthens me, and then when I get into front of you all, God uses me. I'm a, a sharpened tool, a fine-tuned uh, instrument or tuning fork or whatever to hear God's word to say it to you. So I'm just going to say scripture, I'm going to pray, and I'm going to hit the floor letting God say whatever it is God has to say. This scripture that I'm going to use come from Psalm 119, and it's verses 33 through 37. Teach me your decrees, decrees, O Lord. I will keep them to the end. Give me understanding, and I will obey your instructions. I will put them into practice with all my heart. Make me walk along the path of your commands, for that is where my happiness is found. Give me an eagerness for your law rather than a love for money. Turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. So God, I open myself up to hear your life inside of me expressing your word and moving us forward in knowing it, understanding it, and being the expression of it in this world. So I let my human side decrease even more, open myself up to have a beginner's mind and be open, receptive, trusting, and willing. Thank you, God. Amen. So this is a powerful, uh, when you look at this, because the only way for us to truly know ourselves is to go to the owner's manual, and the owner's manual is God. And the, and the place where the owner's manual resides is inside of you. It's that Christ within you. And so you can't talk to someone else and, and learn about yourself fully. You can't talk to your parents and learn about yourself fully. Even though our parents know us and have understood us and know even what we're going to do before we do it, they don't know what's ticked, what makes us tick because they weren't the ones that created us. Even with moms and those of us who are really in tune with our children and we can really feel our children and we can, uh, and we can understand and feel when our children are in, a, in a, uh, distress. I remember... <laughs> When I was um, learning how to drive, my father took me on the freeway <laughs> and helped 
was a little bit scary for me. He said, you got this, you got this. I'm like, I'm not ready for this. He said, you got this. And so we went on the freeway, and I did fine. You know, he took me from the Lodge to the Southfield Freeway. We went to I-96. We went out to I-94, and then we came back. And I did fine. I was nervous at first, but I did fine. And I came in the house, <laughs> and I, my mama said, did your daddy take you on the freeway? I said, yes, and my father told me not to lie, but he did tell me, unless your mama asked you. He's like, don't, because he said, don't volunteer, because back in the, and when I was growing up, there was a saying, tele, telephone, telegraph, telekelly. <laughs> so they started saying, don't telekelly, because <laughs> Kelly will tell everybody. <laughs> I'm just saying, you feel attacked? I'm just saying. But in that space, my mother felt me. She felt my nervousness. And she knew that I was, she knew that it was because my father had taken me on the freeway. And, and she had asked my dad not to because she's really overprotective, you know, but he did. And so anyway, those times that we're in those spaces where we feel our children, we still don't know what's ticking inside of them. You don't know. You have an idea because you've watched their behavior and you've watched them unfold and they're growing, but you don't know. We don't know our spouses. We don't know each other that fully. We don't even know ourselves that fully. And so it is a part of the, the, our authentic power is to learn who we are and to step into it fully because that's the only way let me say it again. That's the only way, the only true way that you will express your authentic self, that you will be fully, authentically self-expressed. And I'm talking about the Christ self-expressed, the capital S self in you that is absolute and does not change. But you have a choice to express this part fully or do I have the other one? the personality that you created fully. We have choice. And so in this scripture, in Psalm 119, the writer is saying, teach me your decrees, O Lord. Teach me how you created me to be. Teach me spiritual law. Teach me what is the truth about my life. Teach me what is the truth about you. Teach me the absolute greatest and highest expression that I am. Teach me how to live and move and have my being in it. I know we affirm it. We may say it. I live and move and have my being in God. But do you really? And do you really know how? Honestly, what does it mean to live and move and have your being in God? Like, can you roll off of your tongue an explanation and a definition of it? Seriously? Most people know. No, it doesn't. Because we haven't taken the time to sit in it to understand it, as it says, give me understanding, and I will obey your instructions. The beautiful part about everything about God is that it will bring you into the greatest, most powerful expression of you. It will bring you into the happiest aspect of you if we allow ourselves to follow it, if we allow ourselves to go in and understand ourselves deeply. I, um, you know what? When I took, it was maybe this year that I realized my fear about airplanes wasn't even my fear. 
I never got on an airplane and went through turbulence, understand it, before, uh, before a couple years ago when I did it. So I was terrified that we were going to fall and crash. I was terrified of heights and all that. I never experienced an airplane to know to have a fear about it. My mama did, and she told me how her flight was, and she told me how scared she was, and I adopted that as my reality, and I let that keep me from living for 40, uh, 48 years or so being on an airplane and traveling and going distances. I've always wanted to travel, but I let that keep me from expanding my horizons. And it wasn't until like maybe last week or so that I realized, like at 53, I'm realizing myself that I got a fear that wasn't even mine. Gave me a deeper understanding about myself. Now, I have had those experiences, ooh, on the airplane. <laughs> Woo. And Roxanne told me, well, you just need to do it more. Huh. <laughs> Go outside my comfort zone. And I'm willing to. Because unless you're willing to be coachable, you aren't going to be able to learn. I'm willing to be coachable. And I promise you, the only thing that got me on that airplane the first time was my desire to be a minister. Because I had to go down to Unity Village. And I had to get there in a couple hours. I didn't have time to drive. And the only thing was that my desire for God was greater than my desire for that fear. So I had my moment sitting in the, when I got on the airplane, sitting in the attendance, you know, the flight attendant space. That was my Gethsemane moment. Take this cup, God. Am I really supposed to be a minister? But I knew I would starve, I would die of, being, of, of not being fully self-fulfilled. I realized how long I spent not doing what was free for me, not being the free expression of me. And I knew I wanted to do that. And so in that Gethsemane moment, I know what Jesus was feeling. Well, I don't know it from his way, but I got my own experience of take this cup. And I said, but not my will, thy will be done. And I promise you, even in your fear, God gave me the strength to stand. My legs were wobbly, and I walked down that aisle with some wobbly legs. And I sat down with my legs knocking. People like, who's drumming? That's me. I'm drumming. My knees are drumming together. And the beautiful thing about this whole thing is that God is as God is teaching you who you are and what you have and how strong you really are, even in the midst of your fear, God will give you the support. There was a lady who had come on the, on the flight, and her, her, her seat was in the back, but her, mom, her uh, daughter asked if she could sit up a little closer because the restroom was closer to me, and that, that seat was empty. So the flight attendant let her sit there, and she said, um, <laughs> the lady next to you across the aisle, is terrified, <laughs> you might want to talk to her. And she did. And she held my hand over the aisle. And it was, a, you know, scary going up and feeling that sinking feeling in my stomach. But when I got up in that space, and I trusted God, and I sat and I prayed, and I understood the truth about God, that if you gave me this mission, it's already ordained, you will sustain me in the process of getting to it. And in that, I was living the talk that I was going to be uh, speaking because when you get down there, you got to do a short talk 
I was bringing it together with the powers that I was using. And she was holding my hand. And then finally, when we got up and we were fine, she let my hand go. And I was at peace. When you learn about yourself, that there's something greater than you than that fear, that will hold you in the midst of that fear, that will even give you a, a reminder that it's there in the midst of that fear, that fear when you need it. I, she was a reminder. So when we were about to descend, she looked over at me and said, do you want me to hold your hand again? And I looked at her and I could tell that she was doing that for me more, for her more than me because her back was hurting her badly. I could see it on her face. And I said, yes, and let her hold my hand and pray for me when we went down. I was already okay, but God let me let her sustain me by holding her, hold herself together by sustaining me in the process of doing that. And I made it through that. And I've been on an airplane maybe five, six more times since then. Thank you, God. The Bible says in, in verse 37 of this, turn your eyes from worthless things and get, turn my eyes from worthless things and give me life through your word. And actually when it says through your word here, there's another, down when you look in the Bible, there's an asterisk there that says in your ways. Because God's ways are not our ways. God's thoughts are not our thoughts. But this is the beautiful part. God's thoughts are not our thoughts in the human realm. We are aligned with God's thoughts in the spiritual realm. We don't initially start off with God's thoughts in the human realm. But we have the authority to tune into God's thoughts, to tune into God's divine ideas, to tune into God's ways, and to tune into God's expression when we let ourselves become aware of who we are, when we take self-mastery, we learn to understand the power that we have within ourselves. And the, not only learn and understand the power that you have within yourself, learn those weaknesses as well so that you can transmute those weaknesses into your power as well. Because in everything, God doesn't waste a doggone thing. In every single experience, in that experience, which was, which was very much scary, that's the, one of the scariest parts of my life, but out of that scary part of my life, I learned that God is there and I learned that I can still do it. That if I put God's will ahead of my will, God will give it to me to make through it. And I promise the same thing is for you all as well. So whatever it is that you're in a place of going through right now, God's will will bring you through. So let's dig, dig, dig deep. We, Friday we watched this movie called The Shack. And in that movie, The Shack, there was an aspect where a young, uh, a, a, a man, a uh, father lost his daughter to someone who was um, a serial child killer or molester or something like that. Um, and it was hard for him to let go of the anger that God let it happen. It was hard for him to let go of the anger that he was distracted and he was taking care of trying to save his son and that was when his daughter got taken. He could not forgive himself for that. And he, and he could not be the type of father and the type of husband that he wanted to be towards his family because he was so caught up in that grief. But then it was a compounded aspect of it because growing up, he grew up with an abusive father and watching his father abuse his mother. So that was connected to it. And in the story, he actually kills his father as a child. So uh, for those of you who haven't watched it yet, I guess it's a spoiler alert. Huh? <laughs> I guess I kind of spoiled it for y'all. But I still suggest you watch it 
so they went through, so he goes up to the shack, and, he, and, and God takes them through this healing. But there's this one part where they go to the shack where he found his, baby, his baby's dress, where he has to forgive. And that's the hardest experience of forgiveness. And he said, do I have to do it? That was his Gethsemane moment right there. Do I have to do this? And God said, yes, if you want to be completely, fully healed, you have to do this. There's aspects in each and every one of us that still need to be completely and fully healed. And the only way to really do that is to move into a deep space of forgiveness. I'm going to get real. <laughs> We're having these critical conversations in my church for a reason, in our church for a reason. Because there's a part in me that has always been so in tune with Jesus and so in tune with Martin Luther King Jr., so in tune with Gandhi, so in tune with Buddha, so in tune with finding a way to create healing and create an expression of love and create a deep feeling and an opportunity for forgiveness and bonding and healing and understanding. And so that is why we have these critical conversations between um, white people and black and brown people on the second and fourth Monday. Tomorrow is the, next one, the last one until September. But this has been a healing experience for us, and I have moved into a deeper level of forgiveness myself. Because as I watch more and more black and brown sisters and brothers, and especially young ones, being killed, I see and I, I know, and I feel that the knee is still on our neck in the United States. Sometimes we make strides forward, like we have a new uh, U.S. Supreme Justice, uh, um, and we have, uh, you know, uh, I think it's a, we have other black um, and brown people moving into places of authority. But the overall system is still broken. And the truth is it was created broken because it was created from broken consciousnesses that did not have a deep expression of love in their, in their mind for people. That felt it was okay to go steal a land from people, the United States. And then, and then when they kill them off and move them into these little areas where they can keep them under control, and then they start dying off because they try to make them slaves, they go to another country altogether again and steal the people from there and bring them back as property. And I want to tell you, and we got to be real about this, we're still treated as property in this land. That's just the truth. It's just the truth. It doesn't have to be a bad thing or a good thing or anything. It's just the truth. And when you look at spirit and you speak in spirit and you read Jesus, Jesus did not condemn by telling the truth. Jesus just told the truth and then identified with the truth got us in a place where we accept the truth, where we're willing to do our part to change the truth, and then we step into doing our part to change the truth. But the only way to truly do your part to change the truth is to understand inside of yourself where you are aligned with the truth and then to be the expression of the truth yourself. And then also, look inside of your mind and realize where you're contributing to what's not the truth and find ways to contribute to shifting it and transmuting it into the truth. When you read in, I'm trying to think of where it is, Ephesians, I think it's in Ephesians, but I'm going to go to Philippians 
chapter 2, verse 5, and it says, you must have the same attitude that Jesus Christ had. And the beautiful part about how God's been guiding us together, guiding us through this journey together this year, is that when we, we started earlier this year, uh, last year in July, we started a discussion on the Sermon on the Mount. And we moved into this year with the Sermon on the Mount. It began with the Beatitudes. Attitudes of consciousness of being in order for us to be the demonstration of Jesus' ministry in this world. And a beautiful thing about Jesus is that Jesus said, these things I do, ye shall do, greater things ye shall do. Can you imagine how huge it would be when we shift the consciousness here and we're all walking together as beautiful expressions of the love that we're created to be as brothers and sisters in Christ seeing each other from the light and the love that we're created to be, that we're moving in a space of understanding what's inside of us, this beautiful gem of the divinity inside of us, and that each and every one of us have our own unique expression of it, and we honor and we bless and we namaste to each other where we, we, we just we, we accept each other exactly the way we are and then do our part together to create a world where there's heaven on earth everywhere you go. Isn't that amazing to think about that? Like for real, for real. And isn't it amazing to think about the part we got to do <laughs> in our own mind? The work we have to do in our own mind to get to that part where we all come together. It's releasing any judgment in your heart, any hurt in your heart, and affirming the truth of who you are. So you've got to acknowledge it first, wherever you are hurting. I want you to gently close your eyes and take a deep breath. And I want you to let whatever comes to you, a hurt or some, some place where you need to heal or forgive, let it come to you right now. And I want you to affirm, I am willing to let this go. I am willing to let this go. I am willing to be healed together. I am willing to be healed. Take a deep breath. I let the love in me heal me together. I let the love in me heal me. And take another deep breath, breathing in a feeling of love. Breathe it completely deeply in. And as you exhale, say, I release. I let go. I let God. And just sit with that just for a couple seconds or so. Let God do the work in you. It doesn't mean you condone what happened. It just means you're not judging it anymore. It means you're not holding on to the hurt of it anymore. And just keep your eyes closed and let God work. And take another deep breath and breathe in. I love God in me. Together, I love God in me. And then exhale, I release. I let go, I let God. Let God cleanse you. I receive your forgiving energy, God, together. I receive your forgiving energy. I am your forgiving energy, God, together. I am your forgiving energy, God. As I am forgiven, I forgive as well. Now, this is just the beginning. Take another deep breath. And as you exhale, say, thank you, God. This is just the beginning. 
and let God continue to do the work in you. Self-mastery, and you can gently open your eyes. Self-mastery is an ongoing rest of your life experience. It doesn't just stop because you go over and you, you overcome one major thing. You got to keep going with it. And even, um, even when we get to a point where we seem like we've mastered our life and our life is peaceful, there's still more inside of you because you are an infinite expression of God. There's still more inside of you that you can step in the process of love. Your authentic self is the Christ in you that loves you, that is your hope for glory. And glory is the full communion and expression of God. And we are created to be that. I am willing to walk in the glory of God. Together, I am willing to walk in the glory of God. Amen? 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 Amen. Amen. That's it. Thank you. is here, and her name is Dolly Balin, yeah. And so, just a quick story, real quick. So I grew up in Los Angeles, she's here from Los Angeles, born and raised, and I grew up in Unity. So Unity of Culver City was where I was, and it's just weird, because I went to like Lutheran school, Catholic high school, but I was always Unity throughout my whole life. And uh, she was a unity organist and, and singer for 40 years, 40 plus years. So, yes. So, um, so anyway, so the first time she came, which was about eight, nine years ago, uh, was the first time actually I had the gumption to actually sing. So it was kind of my coming out. So uh, anyway, so she is here. She is going to perform a song with us. And, uh, and then she'll play the peace song uh, after that. And she was uh, actually um, the first, when she, what'd you say, 18 years old? You were the first person to play the peace song, wow. believe it or not, in unity, back, way back when. So, so anyway, so um, yes, yeah, so it's a special day. So got other family here, so it's, it's really nice. Uh, all right. gonna take giants down be a man you could write about deep in my chest is the heart of a warrior so why am I still standing here
walk by faith if I could get these feet. But I don't want to live that way. I don't want to look back someday on a life that never stepped across the line. So why am I still standing here? so cool seeing mother and son playing together. We see son and uh, uh, father playing together with uh, Carl and Nicholas all the time. And by the way, Nicholas's band is performing for us on June 11th. So I just, that, I just wanted to give that shout out too. Um, but thank you, Do Dolly. That was beautiful. That was so beautiful. Ah, I'm so excited. Are you tired of standing here? Okay. Are you tired of standing here? Yes. Thank you. We're going to move forward together. We're going to move into a deeper, more masterful part of ourselves. Because as we're learning ourselves, we're learning ourselves as a church too, right? Yes. Okay. So let's gently close your eyes and take a deep breath, feeling in the consciousness of prosperity and abundance, knowing that you are prosperous and abundant. And let what comes to you to, to give for your donation today for Unity of Farmington Hills, let it come up and out freely into your mind, and let's affirm our love offering blessing together. Divine love through me blesses and multiplies all that I have, all that I give, and all that I receive. Thank you, God. Amen. And um, you already know that how to do the online giving. Go to unity.unityfh.com. Uh, make your donations that way, and you can send them in as check, too, but we don't have time to go through all of that. So let's stand up and do our... I talked a little bit too much. 
God made me go past my standing today. Okay, so let's go ahead and affirm our prayer for protection. But when you affirm it, affirm it over you as if you know it and the world as if you know it as well. Together, the light of God surrounds us. The love of God enfolds us. The power of God protects us. The presence of God watches over us. Wherever we are, God is and all is well. Amen. And now we're going to have our peace song. Yay. Yay. Aww. Thank you for listening to this Unity of Farmington Hills podcast. We hope this has encouraged you, inspired you, and uplifted you. If you are unable to attend our Sunday gatherings but would still like to support our spiritual community, visit our giving page, unityfh.com donate.